It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Take your Bibles, please, once again, turn to the book of Romans, Romans in chapter 5, and we're going to continue our thought from yesterday where we're dealing in Romans chapter 5, verses 12, 13, and 14, and trying to show you the purpose of the law here and explain what verse number 13 means, because it brings some questions. It's somewhat of a problem text until we study it. So our text says in verse number 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So, we began to deal yesterday with especially verse 13, what does it mean for until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law? Now, we made this statement. The answer is going to be found in this thing of moral versus legal aspects of sin. And one of the the key word to that phrase is, but sin is not imputed. That word imputed, that is a legal term. We're dealing with some different dispensations. Now, I'm trying to, without getting very too too deep, I'm trying to help us understand and see some what's going on. Now, from the begin, from Adam all the way till now, all the way till the end of time, whenever a person gets saved or comes to Christ, it has never been by works. It will never be by works. It has always been by grace. We've got to get that in our heads. It's always been by faith in Christ and faith in His promised seed. We spent a lot of time on that, even in Galatia, or I'm sorry, in Romans chapter four, showing that Abraham believed in the promise of the, or in the promised seed, and that was of Christ. And Galatians chapter three verse sixteen makes that very clear. Abraham believed in Christ, and it was his faith in the promise of a coming Christ that God counted to him for righteousness. So, we know from the beginning, it was always by grace. But, we come to Moses, and we're given a law. And this is the law of God. God's attitude towards sin has never changed. What was sin then, is sin now. See, before the law, sin was a moral problem. Sin today still is a moral problem. But when the law was given, it was made into more than just a moral problem. It became a legal problem. And if you want a good example of that in the history of our country, then look at the issue of slavery. Slavery has always been morally wrong, regardless of who stood for it. But there came a point in the history of our nation that people finally got on, got to more where they should have been with it, or where they should have been the whole time, I should say, 
and they made it legally wrong. Now, it was just as much a sin before the law was passed, bringing an end to slavery. But before that law was passed, men could do it, and legally they had no, no, um, I don't, I don't know, I'm losing the word here that I, I need to, to say. There, there was no judgment for it. I'll, I'll use that word. There was no judgment for, for them owning slaves and treating them however they wanted because there was no law given legally. Morally, always wrong. Morally, will always be wrong. In the sight of God, they will pay for it one day. God will be just, and all those crimes that were committed against those people, and, and it still goes on today, believe it or not. It goes on in other countries, and it's not just a thing of race. I'm going to make that very clear. All kinds of people live in slavery today. It takes many forms. But what I'm saying is it's always been morally wrong. God will judge it. But before that law was passed, legally it wasn't wrong. That is what verse 13 is getting at. Sin existed before the law of Moses and the law of God was given orally and then written down there at Mount Sinai. The law did not, The law existed but in, in the form of conscience, like we see in Romans chapter 2. They had in their conscience somewhat of the law of God. They know somewhat of a difference between right and wrong. But did they have all the specifics? Did they have all the boundary lines to sin? No, that didn't come until the law. But when the law was given, there became a legal matter, not just a moral matter. While it was always wrong, while it was always sin, and while sin always brought death, now there's a legal aspect that must be taken care of. And so... This legal thing, that's why Christ had to come. Christ is dealing, we're dealing here in this passage, really from chapter 4 through, on a legal aspect of this sin issue. It's more than, sin is more than just a transgression of the law. See, where, where no law is given, there's no transgression. And I can't remember exactly where where we see that. And I'm sorry. Romans chapter 4 and verse 15 is where we see that. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. There's no violation legally of a law because there was no law given. That's what verse 13 is getting at. Before the written law of God was there, there was no there was no legal transgression. There was no Nothing applied to your account legally, but all still died. Death still reigned. Sin still reigned in men's, men's life. Why? Because we have that sin nature. And they will still be judged for it, and they still fail because we've all sinned. So we see this moral versus legal issue. We see that sin is more than just a transgression of the law. Sin can be in a negative aspect of things you wouldn't do. And chapter 3 tells us, for that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it falls on, it falls on both negative and positive, the things we shouldn't do and the things we should do, and we fail on both counts. So the law we see in Galatians in chapter, chapter number 3, Wherefore, in verse 19, Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added, because of transgressions, till the seed should come, to whom the promise was made, 
and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. What was it added to? It was added to grace. God already dealt with people in grace, and you begin to see that as you begin to look. God dealt with Abraham and Adam and Eve and, and Noah, all of them. What's, what's the scripture say about Noah? Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You see, the thing is, there's never been a person in this world that has deserved the grace or mercy of God. We've never merited that we should be delivered from our sins. We fell to sin. We choose to sin. We all have sinned to our account because we chose to do acts of sin. And it's, it's just it's part of us. And we deserve the righteous judgment of God. But God would deal with us. Thank goodness God dealt with us in grace. And God dealt in grace from Adam all the way to Moses. But leading up to Mount Sinai where the law was given, you find the children of Israel being redeemed, brought out of the land of Egypt, out from that slavery, and they constantly take for granted the grace of God. They don't understand. They are really rebellion, in rebellion against God, constantly complaining, constantly causing problems, and they get up to Mount Sinai, and basically God gives them an, an ultimatum where they, th they, they couldn't see how awful their sin was. And so God wanted to show us, wanted to take the muir of his law, let us see ourselves for what we are, and help mankind to realize that without the grace of God, there is no hope and there is no mercy. And so he gave them a choice. He gave them a conditional promise, if you'll keep the, my commandments, then I'll bless you, pretty much. Well, they learned there at the base of Mount Sinai, God began, instead of dealing with them in grace as he had up to that point, now God begins dealing them with them according to the law. Now their access to God is restricted. You see the boundaries put up around Mount Sinai. You see God dealing with them in wrath and judgment. You see all these death penalties being given out and all these thou shalt and thou shalt not. And the whole idea behind it was God wanted them to see that the, while the law is perfect, the law is just, the law is good, it is absolutely impossible for mankind to keep such a holy, righteous law. And as we try to strive to keep that law, the more we see that we are condemned under sin, we are guilty, we are deserving of the judgment of God, and that without the grace of God, there is no way that we can make it to heaven. There is no way that we can establish our righteousness. So the law was added to grace so that man could see his sin, that every mouth would be stopped. See, they thought, oh, we can keep that. What do they say when God gives them that conditional, if you will, then I will? They say, we shall keep all that the Lord hath commanded us. It didn't take but a few days, a few weeks, and guess what? They had messed it up and blown it already. Because mankind can't. And they found quickly that sin brought death. And when we have to be dealt with by the judgment of God, under the law of God, it always results in death. There's not a single person that could live up to it. Period. So if you think that you can keep the law for salvation, or if you think that you can keep the law to keep your salvation, it's they're both equally impossible. You cannot keep the law. And if you're going to try to keep the law... Galatians tells, Galatians tells us that those that try to keep the law, they are a debtor to keep 
the whole law. But if you offend in even just one point, you're guilty of all. Well, we've all already failed, even in one point. We've all done it. So we are guilty. There's no way I can keep it. The law demands absolute perfection. And God's point with giving the law was to show us that we cannot keep the law. Period. So God drew a line, a clear line for sin. Before that, men had sinned, but not with the same light of knowledge. Sin was morally wrong before it was legally wrong. The law made it legally wrong. Now they had a mirror where they could look at God's law and see how wicked they were themselves. But we all already, we've inherited Adam's na sin nature, and so we already have sin to our account. So what happens? The law was only a mirror. That was all it was ever meant to be. And just like any mirror, all it does is shows you what you are. It cannot change what you are. We needed Christ to come. Only Christ was sufficient to come and to deal with the sin problem in our heart and to clean us up and to save us from our sin and to draw us closer to Him. Only Christ could deliver us from the judgment that we were under. Only Christ can bring deliverance from the law. And that's the point of the rest of this chapter. And there begins to be a contrast of in Adam and the offense of Adam versus in Christ and the gift of grace in Christ. And it shows us the all-sufficiency of the Lord Jesus Christ and His sacrifice and that he was able to deal not just with the fruit of sin, but with the root of sin. And he deals with it not only legally, but he, and then we hit Romans chapter 6. And he deals with sin practically in our lives. And intends to help us live cleaner. So what purpose was the law? It was just a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. To show us that we might be justified by faith. That we need mercy and grace of God. And that outside of the grace of God, there is no way physically, humanly possible for us to get to heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever get to heaven, it will be by faith in Christ alone, not in the keeping of the law. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwallen.org.